and welcome to Throw It In Rotation. The NFL is back and week one gave us brand new storylines. It gave us comebacks, upsets and so much drama. We shouldn't have been expecting anything else though. Hey, there's a lot to dissect from week one. To help me as ever is Ashley Cadell. Ash, how you doing? What was your highlight of week one? Yeah, well, I mean, crazy, crazy uh, week one, really. Um, as you'd expect, as of course, mm. it's the mm. NFL, just non-stop action, non-stop theatre, drama, any word you can think of in that realm, and yeah, that's what the NFL is, and that's why we absolutely love it. My highlight, my mm. highlight, mm. you know what, when I saw the, that touchdown from uh, Cameron Thomas, uh, Arizona Cardinals, our only touchdown because the offence didn't do anything. Um, yeah, that that got me a little bit excited, you know. Obviously, we didn't end up going to win the game, but it was nice to see that defence doing well. Guard deck with a sack, and then Cameron Thomas picking up the pieces, getting that touchdown, that was quite nice to see. So, some positives, considering we're I've already accepted defeat, basically, this year. I'll take the positives where I can. Did you watch the Cardinals then, or was it just as they were popping up on Red Zone? Yeah, I was mainly just watching Red Zone, really. I was um, I was actually out out at the river enjoying the actual good weather we had here in the UK, which has not been a lot of summer. Um, no. So I was out enjoying that weather. Had a red zone on on the iPad. Uh, saw that come in. So yeah, what? Well, uh, yeah, great, great week one um, of football. Uh, how? What was your highlight? My highlight from week one. Um, I'll I'll stay away from the buck stuff. That's too obvious. That was uh, obviously a. Surprising win for for Baker Mayfield. Actually, no, I'll lean straight into that Bucks thing. I I guaranteed the offense would be be uh, would be better in mm. in week one, and uh, they definitely were better than last year. It started off in the first half looking a lot like last year. We still couldn't run the ball basically throughout the whole of the game, um, but we we really clutched up there in the second half. Rashad White said um, he told the media after the game that Baker Mayfield said at halftime he'd he'd just figured out the Minnesota's defensive keys. Uh, sort of things. Obviously, that made um that made things a lot easier in the second half. But there was still some clutch throws. The offensive line was good actually at pass protection, and um probably my favorite. I don't know if you've seen it. Moment was um well, it's actually one Kyle Brandt's angry run of the week. Um, Baker Mayfield stiff armed the Vikings defender, and then <laughs> he was mic'd up as well. So he's like, "Get your weight up, boy. Get your weight up." Um. <laughs> So it was just uh, <laughs> no, nah, it was glass defying expectations. Um, backing up what I said in last week's mm. podcast and uh, getting a an unexpected win. I, I can't look beyond that. Yeah, you to were be pumped. Fair, you were yeah, pumped I was. I was excited watching that, that group chat. You were you were getting <laughs> excited, and I can't blame you. That was pretty insane when I saw that Baker Mayfield um absolute dime that he threw for Mike Evans. I was like, shit. Mm. Fair yeah, play, there were a few boy. of them. In the second half, um, I think the most entertaining game of the week for me was Monday Night Football. That's mm. probably where the biggest storyline has actually come out um, of, of week one. Um, the, the drama was at its highest, I think, there. And um, that was a comeback as well and uh, an upset for how, how things went. So did you watch much of Monday Night Football? Yeah, I actually somehow managed to stay up. It went on to what, like four, half four a.m. over here in the UK. So mm. I, I've actually managed to stay up and watch it. Yeah, that was insane. It was insane. I mean, just 
it literally what I was sort of saying, like the whole drama and the theatre behind it literally was like a whole like show, wasn't it? You know, you have sort of everything goes wrong at the start with Aaron yeah. Rodgers, he gets <laughs> injured, like the whole season and the whole Jets, like the whole hope of, of the franchise and bang, he gets injured after like four plays, doesn't even complete a pass, it's like <laughs> crazy. But then, uh, yeah, obviously Zach Wilson coming in, Huge underdog. Yeah, I thought Zach Wilson actually looked pretty decent. I think there was some clear improvements from the season before that. Um, so, yeah, uh, just crazy. Obviously, the comeback over time, just, yeah, absolutely insane game to watch. I mean, Josh Allen throwing three interceptions as well, just not Stupid. what we were expecting. I, I couldn't believe it. He was just he was just chucking a ball up, just sort of seems so sort of aimlessly a bit hit, like just throwing it for the sake of it, a bit of hope, just... Just desperate, hope, hope, hoping that you know Diggs or Davis or somebody would get onto it. It just, yeah, it did not work one bit. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting uh, to see what happened in that quality quality game. Yeah, it was really awful. Josh Allen lost him that game. He just had to just had to keep the ball, do nothing silly, and they would have. They were thirteen three up. They would have they would have walked away with it. Um, but there's obviously been a lot of chat about about Zach Wilson. We did mention last week our bet. Um, which we I think we established was it was a thousand to one I gave <laughs> you, or for one pound sake that um Aaron Rodgers gets injured for the season Zach Wilson takes over and leads the Jets to the Super Bowl, um so that's quite that's quite unbelievable that's that insane. four snaps into it. the year yeah. <laughs> that Rodgers does go uh, maybe you're a bit of a jinx somehow um I think I, cause I, of... I remember saying it um, Rodgers. <laughs> to get injured with I think it was by week three as well ah wow so the that's, fact that it happened that's... so early on what is going on that's stupid out high um just I'd check out my other bold predictions you know Kyla Murray <laughs> to uh, come back week five you know yeah yeah I'm sure <laughs> that's coming in as well um but yeah well, do you think that um the the Jets should be sticking with Zach Wilson should they be looking elsewhere at, at Another team's higher level backup or free agency, maybe. It's, I think it's it's a tough question. I think I think it's hard to tell. Obviously, as, as I said, I think I think there was clear improvements from Zach Wilson, but it's at the end of the day, it's still Zach Wilson, and we know what he did last year. And I'm not going to base it just off that one game against the Bills because there was just so many different factors impacting that game. And he he still had a yeah he had a forty nine point six passing grade from PFF and it's like the the offense where they're all preparing for Rodgers to be in there that week and whatever but like it's still still quite worrying yeah. sort of thing like yeah it's still Ugly Zach Wilson at the end of the day yeah. but the thing is you know well you've got Brees Hall there you've got Dalvin Cook there there should probably be enough on that offense in general to get get around it I don't know obviously it's difficult I think the free agents is there really anyone too much better are they going to go for somebody like Carson Wentz I mean mm, he probably would be I better wouldn't. than Zach Wilson but yeah I wouldn't be going for him personally um, again could obviously go and trade for a quarterback one of the backups but I, I think I think I've got a feeling they might I think obviously they will obviously get another one because they need it oh, they haven't got really any other QB have they so they are uh-huh. they have to but and obviously, I think, but I think Zach Wilson will be the guy at the minute, especially what happened in that first game. I think if they do get somebody in, Zach Wilson would have to lose the job again, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, be interesting to see what happens. I mean, yeah, the Jets, 
pretty crazy. That defense is so good as well. Like, um, just all round, you know, secondary defensive line. I think their defensive line is just stacked with talent. The depth on it is crazy. Um, and just with a slight improvement on the offense, just with the fact that Brees Hall's back, Dalvin Cook's there as well. I think the receiving core is a little bit stronger than last year as well. You know that could sort of push them a bit closer, and who knows? You know, I think I think I did see somebody say it's like, okay, yes, Rogers, all this hype and Rogers is gone, but it's not. I think just the sort of what he's brought to the franchise as a whole is still going to be yeah, impacted and like everlasting like impacts on it. And again, you could the team might rally around that now and get closer together, like because of the injury sort of thing and. Yeah, just a lot of people of saying just sort of his impact on the on the team and just sort of things that you don't see behind the scenes of what he's done can sort of change it and give that bit of winning hope. Even though he's out, it's you know, I think the impact that he's had in training camp and and all that is going to be sort of longer lasting. Like Zach Wilson's probably improved a lot better just with everything just by picking up a few things from Rogers in the last few weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, the timing of it is obviously really awkward. I mean, there's going to be no good time for it, but you've just been on hard knocks. You've just been telling Zach Wilson and telling the whole public that, like, basically they have been saying they've got a plan for him and he's still what they still want him to be their quarterback of the future and whatever, and he's going to be able to learn through Aaron Rodgers and get better and develop in the system and all of that. So then to just, like, ditch him straight away, like, you, you could, you'd be kind of throwing all that away sort of thing but I think with everything you've just said and how good their defense is how good it could potentially be this year they've got the run game they've got wide receivers there as well I think it would be a like is that doesn't happen often like there's no it won't necessarily be repeated next year and or the year after that sort of thing so while you have got this opportunity I think I would be seriously considering getting a quarterback in like uh, Jacoby Brissett who you know can can play at a certain level is professional can be a game manager can deliver the ball on time and and not make massive mistakes i really i don't believe you can win a um a super bowl with zach wilson and i don't really believe that robert Sala and all that believe they can either sort of thing um so yeah give him a couple of uh, a couple of weeks see what where he is at and see see if he has improved a lot um mm. but if if not i'd, I'd seriously be considering getting a Jacoby Brissett or someone similar in. But anyway, let's move on to what we're actually here for today. It's NFL storylines from week one that will persist. Obviously, I mentioned brand new storylines at the start of, uh, at the start of the show. And as ever, there are so many thrown out by week one. Expected ones, unexpected ones, bit of everything. Um, but as we see every year, a lot of what uh, we see in week one, a lot of the week one action turns out to be kind of fluky. The things we think are going to be instructive, indicative of how the rest of the season is going to go, um, don't necessarily pan out, of course. Basically, there's a lot of noise. So what we're going to do today is try and sift through that, figure out which narratives we'll still be talking about come week 18 and beyond week 18. So, Ashley, what was important from week one? Take us through your first persisting storyline. Yeah, first one off the bat, probably going to be one of the more obvious ones, but purely just because of how well they played against a team who we thought um, would do well 
um, we, like when we spoke about it during the off season, we we backed this team to do well. So the fact that they won so convincingly in that week one game, I'm going for obviously the 49ers. I think they bloody they, hell they are going to be the top dogs. You know that I, I think this even... is why this is why we normally tell each other what we're doing. Is that for all the you segment. did as well? My, yeah, <laughs> my first one is a 49ers offense. And I know I even. Fo- it, like the thought crossed my mind about what well, if you've done the same, and I was going to ask, but then I just thought that'd ah, be good to uh, to uh, make it a bit of a surprise. Like the chances of it <laughs> of it actually hey, being fine. the same are pretty unlikely, but yeah. Anyway. That means we're going to have a great on. conversation about the 49ers surely, offense. Surely, surely. Well, the 49ers as a whole. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we were hot on the Steelers really beforehand, you know, uh, especially that, that defense with TJ Watt in there, you know. But the 49ers just obliterated them, really. Um, just insane you know they've got so much talent there we've spoke about that again you know Debo Samuel Christian McCaffrey that uh, 65 65 yard run for the touchdown Mm. was just insane Um, central the relationship that Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk showed as well was incredible Um, 129 receiving yards two touchdowns Um, Ayuk really looking like a top top receiver now Um, it's just insane really and I, I you know Brock Purdy again so a lot of credit going into that Kyle Shanahan offensive course and sort of how they're, how they're set up. But Brock Purdy's just looking so comfortable in there. He's just carried on straight off the bat. Again, against a tough Steelers defense, it's not easy. Um, and he just looks so good, um, so comfortable. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I don't think it's much of a surprise. And I think they probably would have got to the Super Bowl last year if they actually had a quarterback fit. But all of them were injured. Um uh, so yeah, uh, for me it's got to be the 49ers again. Just no let up. Um, sometimes I think the 49ers in the past few years have sort of started a little bit slow. They they've taken a few weeks to sort of get on the uh, yeah they get have. off the ground. Like the I think they lost the Bears last season. Um, started a little yeah, bit slow the this season before that as well. But yeah, straight off the bat looking good. They've just got even more talent. So yeah, there's that's that's going to stick with everyone. Sort of been saying the 49ers are probably going to get to the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, and and they proved it week one. Yeah, now like I said, this was my first pick, and I was also thinking whether it was a a bit too obvious. But you know what I was gonna say is I had my doubts about Purdy that he could just come off this like serious major elbow injury, um, he'd just be able to to slide back into the team and and repeat an awesome rookie year. You know, this seventh round pick, I was kind of waiting for it all to crash and burn, or to a certain extent last year um, as a pressure sort of ramped up as they went further in the playoffs. And, it, I mean, it did crash and burn but because all the quarterbacks got injured rather than anything Brock Purdy did himself. So he's he's met every challenge um, that he's faced so far with with aplomb. Like, um, he's done the same. Like, it's not easy coming coming back, what, a couple of years ago from this injury and he's, he's right there playing at a high level straight away. And he's only in his, in his second year and is however in whatever is this start number is um he's he doesn't do anything too amazing like he's definitely not Patrick Mahomes but i mean you you couldn't expect that he's so poor he's so confident he doesn't need to be um, does he like they yeah, exactly. got to the, not in that they got to the super bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo there and you know the the talent around him is is good enough he doesn't need to be yeah. a superstar he, he does he's doing a better job than Jimmy G did in um At in the Shanahan anyway, offense yeah. as well yeah, yeah. So far, but um, he, he's not making mistakes. He's moving, maneuvering around the pocket well. He had a seventeen-yard rush today. He's sort of 
he's sort of doing everything that Kyle Chenahan will be asking with him with a certain level of confidence and poise, as I say, and a certain level of competence. This 49ers offense, you go through the, the skill position players, it's, it's ridiculous there. You know, the depth that they've got there at, at receiver. The, the O-line is the biggest question mark. Right tackle Colton McKivitz uh, gave up three sacks. But like you say, this was a, he was up against TJ Watt. This is a very supposed to be a very good Steelers defense, and I still think it will be uh, still will be a good one. The right guard, uh, their right guard, the Niners, Spencer Burford had a twenty eight point six PFF grade. So that right side of the line's looking dodgy. They got Trent Williams there, maybe the best O lineman in football on left tackle. So they they should be fine, and they came up against a good D line uh, on Sunday, and and still came out with. You know, McCaffrey had 150 yards on the ground himself. Brock Purdy had 220 yards in the air, and and they just wiped the floor of them. So yeah, I, I think this will be. I'm I'm all in on this offense now. I've got no question marks about Brock Purdy about how far this can go. And obviously, there's always a caveat of injuries, and the Niners have been so unlucky for a number of years now. But like, they should be, they should be protected against injury more than anyone else. Realistically, like if. Kittle goes down, they've still got insane receivers sort of thing, and Debo Samuel goes down, they're still more than covered there, so yeah, I'm I'm fully in on Niners going to the Super Bowl, because their D looked really excellent as well, led by Nick Bosa of course, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all in, nobody is stopping this 49ers offence. Yeah, the, um, only, the only thing is, obviously, as you say, injuries and injuries have been a common theme for the 49ers um, of late. And it's actually interesting because I saw something about it and it's quite similar. So I think um, the scheme that they run with a lot of sort of play action and that is quite um, allowing the quarterback quite to be quite susceptible to injury. Again, Mike McDaniel um, uh, and the Dolphins, very similar, you know, um, to are taking a lot of hits. And again, that can leave the quarterback quite open, I think. Um, so I think yeah. I think that is the only thing. Like if Purdy does get injured, and then what? Who, the backup is Sam Darnold, isn't it? Um, yeah. Again, you'd probably think Sam Darnold probably be all right in that team anyway. Like he'd probably he'd probably do enough for them to keep getting yeah. wins just because of how good the rest of the team is. But yeah, that is the only concern. It is the injuries. Um, but again, that's just that's that's the NFL. That's football. Like you're gonna get injuries. But yeah, they've they've just got so much talent all around. Yeah, and uh, are you are you we we said we were hyping up the Steelers before the season. Are you kind of worried about them now? Or is it just no. you know week one coming up against uh, an offense as as good as we say it is? Not worried about them. I think they're still gonna have a plus five hundred season. You know, it's Mike Tomlin at the end of the day. Um, yeah. They'll be fine. I think. I, don't, I think you've got to take the Forty ers game with a pinch of salt because it's the Forty ers Yeah. No. That's fair enough. Um, well, I only. That's that's a shame. I only have two. Um, two of these persisting storylines. So we we definitely should have conferred before the episode. But um, we'll find another one to talk about. That's all right. I'll, yeah, I'll go with my my second one. Um, and that is Jalen Carr. The storyline is the NFL seriously messed up the Eagle, uh, letting him get to the fi- uh, fifth or sixth overall to the Eagles in the draft. Ninth? I'm getting no, a feeling it was it? ninth. Wow, yeah, no, even worse then. Um, I might be wrong, but I've got a feeling it was something like that. 
He had that misdemeanor, didn't he? Though where he there was that accident and end up killing the Georgia Bulldogs teammate, but yeah, yeah, and yeah, he like ninth came overall. To... Well, well, yeah, no, and came to one of the camp days. Uh, like looked like he wasn't really giving a shit or or something like that. But I get, I mean, maybe killing someone in your car or someone dying in your car is kind of massive. But if you like, if you think about it, it was never gonna miss. A lot of time, even if it was worse. And so, again, obviously, you have people saying about his like character and stuff, but he's young. Like, you do stupid things when you're young. Like, yeah, that's probably one of the worst things you could have done. Like, sort of drink driving, sort of thing. But I don't think it was drink driving. He was he just, was, uh, oh, was it it just was racing. Uh, yeah, it was like it was like heavily speeding or whatever. But I don't think he was drunk. Otherwise, he might. He probably would have got off worse. But like. The Georgia, like, their coaches didn't have a problem with his attitude and stuff like that. So, like, if I feel like it was a bit of, I don't know, there's always kind of this before a draft. There's a bit of a negative story about someone. And it's like, realistically, it's not going to actually affect their whole NFL career or even, like, beyond a few months. So, Carter was the, like, the consensus most talented player in that draft. So, people pull it over thinking it a little bit to um to let him fall to nine but i mean it's easy to say now and it's only one game in so we shall see how it goes he only played 35 snaps uh, against the patriots had the most hurries across the whole of the nfl in the first week with seven hurries uh, across only 29 pass rushing snaps 25% pressure rate is off the charts i think that'd be an nfl i'm pretty sure it'd be an nfl record if he managed that uh, to stay throughout the whole of the season. Also picked up a sack. Was one of the highest um, PFF graded players across any position. I think what was um, it ninety something pass rush 91, grade. 92 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Was, um, next level sort of stuff for a for a rookie debut, especially. Um, and I I watched the game in forty of this game back, and he just looked like someone who is going to be dominant at this level just straight away sort of thing he won easily won consistently just looked quicker and stronger than the people he was coming up against and he's in the best possible spot that he could be in i think the eagles d-line is loaded we spoke about this before the year uh, gives him his chance to find his feet in the league which obviously hasn't taken him very long so far at all uh, he can build up his level of snaps make sure he's got that sort of stamina levels um, just really just maximise his, his impact next to other other talented D-linemen who are going to be attracting a lot of attention. Saw Jordan Davis, another former Georgia Bulldog. Uh, I think it was their first round pick last year. Yeah. He had a big game versus the Pats. Had, a quite a, had kind of a quiet rookie year. Picked up a sack as well um, on Sunday. So I'm all in for Jalen Carr. I had a little 20 pounds on him to have win defensive rookie of the year i think he should be his joint favorite with well anderson who also had a good debut but i just think um jenny Carter is a special is a special player and i want to get on that train now nice and early before um before he turns into a superstar which i think he inevitably will nine to two for him to pick up defensive rookie of the year yeah thoughts ash yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think, you know, the sort of general consensus before the sort of misdemeanor or whatever it was, um, was a top three, top three talent um, mm. would 
you know, yeah, rivaling Will Anderson for that for that selection. If it wasn't for that, um, yeah, I got to agree. And in the uh, Eagles' defense, he's going to prosper. You know, they've got such a strong, you know, especially on in the trenches. You know, that defensive line is just insane. Really, um, got his Georgia Bulldogs teammates with him, as you said. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good selection. I was then literally going to say myself that him and uh, Will Anderson are the favorites for defensive rookie of the year. Um, we're getting what you said nine to two, yeah. So I looked earlier. I think it was about plus three fifty. Um, mm. So yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely worth worth a shot, you know. Um, because yeah, as you just said, for all of the reasons that you said, having a good debut straight up for the bat, already registering that. Obviously, only week one, but yeah, I like it. I think it should continue. Yeah, just the way he moves. I think he. I think he's going to be next level sort of athlete. And defensive tackle at this level, who is your um, who's your next persistent storyline, or what? What is it? Again, probably a fairly obvious one, but I think the Miami Dolphins, um, and particularly the offense, just how good that was. We saw how good that was last year before Tua ended up getting injured. Uh, it just took a hit after that, but. Straight away, uh, week one against the Chargers um, was always going to be a high-scoring game, but it's, it was just unbelievable. Like we all know how good, you know the the connection between Tua and Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle is, but just purely how good it was were, was outrageous. You know, Tyreek Hill getting over two hundred receiving yards for two touchdowns. Um, two are just throwing for 466 yards, three touchdowns and one pick. And again, a bit of a dodgy pick, but um, just completely bouncing back straight away. Like He threw it deep on that one, and I think pretty sure the next play, he just threw it deep again. And, uh, like He just didn't care, like a 35-yard pass or something. Like, uh, I, Yeah, I really like I sort of the character and the sort of seem like they've got a lot of balls on that offense, and why not? You've got so much... Uh, it, it, the speed and, and it's just so electric and if you can keep to a fit there's absolutely no reason why they're not going to continue just and again i think you've seen it you know last season how good it was and straight away in the in week one they're doing it again you know for me it's just gonna gonna continue um Tua is actually joint favorite um with patrick mahomes to win mvp at the minute um, yeah that's plus, wild plus 650 i think um so a lot of people are backing him after after that um that first performance and yeah uh, as you said I think we've touched on it before I think Tua is he's been trying to learn how to fall properly hasn't he and like sort of take hits better and things like that um, if that O-line stays healthy um, yeah there's no reason why yeah, it's just insane I, I was I was even considering I was even thinking maybe a bit of a bold one Tyreek Hill um, to win MVP if he's having 200 plus receiving yard games which could easily happen the way in which Tua throws it in that Miami Dolphins uh, offense is. I know it's always usually a quarterback, but plus 5,000, why not? There's no chance, there's no reason why Hill couldn't have like a 2,000 plus receiving you know, like year Stick or something. Stick a on it. I think oh. that's what it would take, yeah, like he'd have to break the um, receiving record, but you know, I think there's yeah, chances. Stick a I, think, quid on it. I think at plus 5,000, that's worth a quid, definitely. Like, stranger things have happened, like, yeah. Stranger things that have happened, uh, I think it's kind of similar to the Niners' offense. What makes it more impressive 
Um, it's just a you know it was a defensive, uh, defensive masterclass throughout the whole of week one's slate. Uh, was, scoring was was way down, and sometimes you expect that at the start of the year, uh, especially with offenses not really starting. Uh, the starters not really playing in the preseason, but I, I think most of the credit. Well, a lot of the credit has to go to Mike McDaniels. Um, he's showed his creative best as well, scheming up things, getting this offense firing from from the first drives, sort of thing. From the first quarter, they were just throwing deep passes, and it looked perfectly in sync, perfectly timed. Everyone knew what they were doing. That's what I mean. The balls so, on like they're just so much balls to like just start throwing it deep like that. And yeah, that's just... that's the thing with. With double M, he's gonna he's got the creativity and he's got the aggressiveness and the the balls out attitude as well. So that Miami's Dolphin is definitely uh, that Miami Dolphins offense is definitely gonna be one worth watching throughout throughout the whole of the year. Just hope that, like, as you say, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Model they, they they stay healthy so they can both stay on them on the field together and just the, the, that amount of pace in one offense. Shouldn't be allowed, and and two is doing two two is showing progression as well in his career, like he's doing things that that people have been saying that he can't do or that his weaknesses or whatever. He's stepping up in the pocket, throwing like um, not just dimes, but but putting velocity on his balls down the field as well. Finding there is one Tyreek went around there, around the back of the of the corner, and he just dropped it in there beautifully, beautifully timed. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's not gonna be too hard for the Dolphins to replicate that a lot of times throughout the rest of this year. The Chargers' defense, um, I was expecting it to be a lot better this year. To be fair, they've got names healthy. Brandon Staley needs to step up. I think his um, I think he's in trouble if if the Chargers don't have a really good year this year. He's supposed to be a defensive guru, kind of like what Mike McDaniel is, but on the other side. But uh, he's not shown that throughout his Chargers tenure at all. So if that defense doesn't get better, I think we might be saying goodbye yeah. to Brandon Staley the, this year, maybe before the end of the year, and uh, letting Justin Herbert um, flourish under a different head coach. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, just he was lucky to keep his job after that absolute bottle in the playoffs, really. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I think, think he's so. sort of in, on his sort of final, his final warning before he gets sent out. <laughs> It's got to be as frustrating because like, you just want to see Justin Herbert and this offense kind of live up to their potential. But again, I can't react too much to week one. See how we go. And and the um, the offense, the Chargers offense did look better, to be fair. I mean, they put up however many points. 30-plus points. Um, their run game, this was one of the offenses that we mentioned in our um, offenses we guaranteed to be better in 2023. And the run game was a lot better. It was, they were thirtieth in total yards and yards per carry last year, but um, I, th- I think they were like five point eight yards per carry against Miami. They attacked actually with the run game. It was more that than than through the air. I think they picked up more than two hundred yards, maybe two fifty yards or or something like that. So promising signs there for the offense uh, a little bit, but they couldn't clutch up at the end. The um, uh, Miami defense actually... Big problems for the D. Even though, obviously, they conceded 34 points, the Miami defense at the end sort of clutched up. Um, yeah. Limiting to that field goal right at the end was pretty yeah. pretty huge. And then, yeah, holding on for that win. Um, yeah. Great stuff, really. Just sort of box office NFL 
high scoring game that's sort of what you want really um, there is the, uh, Austin Eckler I think he did pick up an injury so there is a little slight concern there wow. not too sure how healthy he, he is I've heard I've seen a lot of articles saying pick up Joshua Kelly on the waiver wire um, because um, he could be sort of the lead back at least for week two um, so yeah we'll have to see about that yeah we're recording on Thursday Austin Eckler missed practice um, today again so yeah yeah be looking at yeah, your waiver wires and stuff so what are the uh, position storylines that we've gone with we both somehow picked the 49ers maybe it was a bit too obvious from, yeah. from both of us there Probably but I th- we've, we've got our reasons and I, I think they're um, I'm very sure they're going to be high the whole of the year Jalen Carter was my other one had an insane debut set for defensive rookie of the year and then the Miami Dolphins Led by Tua Tungavailoa had a yet another offensive explosion. Ash thinks they'll be doing that all season long. Right, so let's, uh, let's wrap this episode up with some predictions for Thursday night football. It's Vikings at Eagles. Is it at Philadelphia in Philadelphia? Yes, yeah. it is. The Eagles are six-point favourites, having just beat the Patriots in a in a one-possession game. In, uh, was it in New England? Yeah, it was in New England. Tom Brady uh, had his little ceremony. So how do you see this one going? Uh, I've actually made a couple of picks for this um, over at Sports Hub. I do my handicapper picks for that. Uh, loads of different Ooh, yeah. sports, football, uh, the NFL, loads of different stuff. So yeah, for that, I have gone for um, the Eagles. Um, you said it was minus six, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, for them to win by a touchdown, I think they, I think they will. Um, I think, you know, as you sort of said, the defense looks good with Jalen Carter leading it. Um, sort of same again with, with Jalen Hurts and that. I mean, they went quickly up again against the Patriots, and you know, credit to the Patriots and, uh, and Mac Jones etc. for fighting back in that. But they got the win. Obviously, not going to be tough in New England. Return them back to Philly. Um, the Vikings obviously disappointing loss um, against the Buccaneers. I don't think the Vikings, as you, I think you quite often have said, you know, the Vikings quite lucky last year won a lot of sort of one possession games. Their record eleven pro- out yeah. of eleven. There we go. You know, mad. Their their record probably lied quite a lot. Really, um, starting off with that loss against the Bucks, not good. I think yeah, back in Philly, I think. Um, the Eagles should get that done uh, by, by at least uh, a touchdown as well. I, I think it was week one of last season, maybe week two. The Eagles beat them like 22-7, so easily put them away last year. We can see the same happening again. And I've also gone, I can't remember what the point spread was, but I went on uh, the total points. Sorry, I, f- I went on the under for that though. 49, which uh, yeah does seem kind of high. I think obviously you Actually, got, you got but... the Vikings, you know, and both offenses have a lot of talent on it. But yeah, I'd, the Vikings offense obviously struggled up against the Buccaneers D last uh, last week. Um, yeah, I've, I'm I'm going on the under. I think that's interesting. Um, I, I probably. I don't know about the over under actually, but I have myself. I've backed Vikings. Plus six. Ooh. I think the offense was better than uh, you would think. Last week they moved the ball 
all right up and down the field, and I think the Bucks defense is going to be better than people think. Um, it was just three three turnovers in that first half, um, and and if they didn't uh, if they didn't happen, then I think the Vikings probably would have been walking away with it by that stage. Um, the Eagles were were very messy against the Patriots. Basically, I just think uh, I think plus six points is a bit too much. I don't think that is that much difference between the two sides. I am expecting Justin Jefferson um, with uh, there's injuries. Eagles have got injuries, haven't they? I'm not too sure. I think, to be fair, um, Reed Blankenship and James Bradbury both are going to be out. So that secondary has taken a big hit there. Um, and it's not as deep this year as well. So um, I am expecting that Vikings passing game to get cooking a little bit. Another big game for uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, do believe... Uh, yeah, Christian Darasaw is is questionable for the Vikings. So that's quite massive at, mm. at left tackle. Um, Fletch Cox is going to be out as well. And Kenneth Gainwell, the Eagles... Running back, so I think the the secondary injuries there, especially to the Eagles, kind of even it out a little bit. I I I think the Vikings are better than they showed last week. It wasn't a terrible defensive performance, um, as as well. The, like wasn't a disaster. They just lost the clutch players. They kind of lost their way in the second half. So yeah, I don't think there's a six point difference between the two teams. So I'm um, going on the side of Minnesota, but you know I'm not I'm not overly confident. Yeah, should be should be a f- quite a close game. Um, it could go either way, but yeah, I just I fancy the Eagles. Uh, I think back in Philly they'll show up. They'll show up for the team, for the fans. Fair enough. Yeah, I can definitely see it. Right, we'll wrap up today's first episode. There now going to be recording a, a second one. I think a sort of betting preview for week two. So uh, stay. Stay alert, stay uh, open to to that episode. Check us out on Twitter, at ThrowInRotation. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Cheers, bye. Stop.